0: Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Peg, where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball.
1: This is Jared Jewett.
0: And this week I'm, we're going to talk about pushing people off a fence.
1: Ooh, that doesn't sound very fun at all.
0: Well, we're going to be there with a cushion to help them land nicely.
1: All right, that sounds a little bit better.
0: So this week, we're talking about when people are moving through your sales process, and they get to the point where they're kind of ready to make a decision. And that may be that they started filling out a shopping cart and stopped along the way, or they've asked you for a proposal, or they've they've sent you an in-depth RFP. Either way, they're in that... Serious consideration phase. They're going to make a decision. They're going to buy from somebody. How do you make sure they buy from you?
1: We have to make sure that they are A, valuable, and that B, they're worth our time.
0: Okay, so how do you do that? How do you begin to qualify people who have sent you an RFP or have sent you a request for proposal or started filling out a shopping cart. How do you know which ones are the squirrels and which ones are the deer?
1: So you have to do a little bit of introspection. You have to figure out, okay, are the services that I'm quoting valuable enough for me to spend all the extra time where when we do finally get this move through, it's worth it. And when it comes to e-commerce, if someone filled out a shopping cart, that is really quite, quite profitable for you, that's when you know that you need to personally follow up with that lead.
0: You hit the first nail on the head, and that is you have to follow up. And I think the other piece of it is you have to follow up promptly. If somebody abandons a shopping cart, you need to get to them quick or they're going to buy from someone else.
1: Yeah, in a heartbeat. And there are plenty of tools out there to, to get this automation uh, set in place for you so you can set up something like an email that triggers immediately after a shopping cart that's at a certain price is abandoned and that email ping will go to whoever makes your sales calls and that person needs you very promptly like you said Follow up with that
0: lead. You know, if you're running an e-commerce business, that is a critical, that's a critical place, and that's a place, I think, where a lot of companies lose opportunity. They create a shopping experience. Maybe someone stops because they got confused, or maybe someone stops because it doesn't seem to be totaling correctly. They want to buy from you, but they can't, and if they get stuck and you don't resolve the issue and you're not aware of the issue, suddenly you're going to lose sale after sale after sale after sale.
1: So having this sort of fail safe in place helps you kill two birds with one stone, especially in the instance you were talking about. So not only do you help the user have a better user experience and you complete the sale, but you might even find some bugs in your system that you can go in and fix so you don't have the same issue. Uh, with with the sales that come after.
0: You know, looking at other businesses that are not um, e-commerce businesses, and this can be anything from a heating and air conditioning contractor to an accountant, to a lawyer, to a company like us. When somebody calls and says, you know, they want to talk to you about your business or service, I get very excited anytime somebody wants to talk to me. But the truth is that there are a lot of people out there that are just kicking tires. And they're really not... They're not ready to buy. They're not ever going to buy. And it is really important to have steps in your sales process that help you, as you say, qualify those people.
1: And your time is valuable. You, I, I think deep down you'll know when someone's wasting your time, but it is important to really step back and figure out, okay, we've put this much time into filling out something like an RFP. Is the quote big enough to continue this headache to get it filled out?
0: You know, every business has has a different break point. What is an ideal client? And I think what a lot of businesses don't step back and look at, what's the difference between acceptable, typical, and ideal? An acceptable client is there's there's a certain revenue number that, yes, if this project is this big, that's okay. It's worth, you know, it's worth putting the work into. There's the typical client that hopefully is better than just acceptable. And then there there are the ideal clients, the ones that it's really going to be a great project, it's really worth doing. If you don't define for yourself up front the difference between typical, acceptable, and ideal, you won't know, as those opportunities come in, how much time and effort you should spend on each one. And you can spend a lot of time chasing acceptable products and not have the bandwidth to pursue an ideal.
1: So it really is stepping back, looking, and seeing if you have the correct balance of, uh, you know, the phrase, "iron's in the fire, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the other important thing to talk about is the other side of the coin. Maybe the client doesn't quite understand what you've got going on. Maybe they aren't willing to ask the right kind of questions to move something like that RFP all the way through uh, without them having to make change after change after change after change. And so it's about being willing to be personal and, and, and asking the right questions Uh, to to bring down those barriers.
0: I know we talk a lot about having content in the just browsing and in the, the next category where people are interested. Having the right content in this phase, in the RFP or quote proposal phase, is equally critical. If I had to rewrite from ground zero every time we quoted a website, it would be insane. I love using Tinderbox because I have my little pieces of information bucketed in there and I can just grab and drag and drop content into a document and very quickly put together the right information. I have resources, I have white papers and articles, so if a customer is asking about our expertise in a particular area, I can simply send a link and say, Here's our portfolio. Here's an example of this. Here are case studies. You need to have all that information up front to help people when they're in this on-the-fence, do I work with you, do I work with someone else phase.
1: Yeah, that's an awesome example. And those are, are documents and pieces that you know, for you might evolve over time. Maybe you don't know the questions that they need to ask, but when it does happen and you you do get that problem resolved and everything works out, record it. Figure out what you did. Figure out what the correct answer was. Put it in your back pocket so it's ready to take out when you need to use it again. And again, break these barriers down.
0: A lot of this has everything to do with asking questions and figuring out what are the questions prospects are likely to have in this space being responsive to their uncertainty.
1: Right. And, again, it's cool because if you have a history of this, I think you could even figure out um, some red flag questions, some questions that people had, and you say, oh, my goodness, maybe we don't want to complete this RFP. Maybe we don't want to take the next steps, you know, as an organization uh, to work with this client or this customer because we know from the questions they're asking or even the questions they're not asking that they're just not ready.
0: For example, and I know you use the term RFP a lot, I will tell you that I hate RFPs and that as a business owner, I very rarely want to fill out an RFP, even if it's a really good project because to me, an RFP immediately signals that they're price shopping, that they're kicking the tires, that there are going to be three to five people involved in the process. And we're at a place where, to me, the words RFP are almost always a red flag. If you want you know, if you want some ballpark pricing, if you want me to do a quick proposal, fine. If you're going to send me a structured document and you tell me you're getting sealed bids from five different companies and then you're going to pick two companies and we get to come down and do a dog and pony show, yeah, those are not the kind of projects I want. Also, for a lot of companies, I think... The sales process maybe is a little tighter, but it's still a matter of deciding. Um, for a heating and air conditioning contractor, you get a call from a guy who's in Shelbyville, and your office is in Zionsville. Is it worth driving halfway across town? Well, in Indiana, it's 20 minutes, maybe. In Southern California, that distance may not make it, it may not be worthwhile.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, even I think even for us, if there's clients who, again, have gone through the first couple stages, they were browsing, they showed us some interest, and then maybe called us or sent an email and requested, but they're in, like, Australia, you know what I mean? It's it's going to be very difficult. Oh, no.
0: Now, no? No, no. I, geographically? Hmm?
1: you Like, the, the setting of the sun and us being up and then sleeping. I mean, it's... um, But again, having that and qualifying them at this stage of knowing... You know what's going to be difficult and what's not uh, for us. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, okay, so you know it, it is. I and I'm, I'm giving you a hard time there. It is something to think about. You know, do you want to be in a situation where you're working with somebody completely opposite time frame? If it's an interesting, if it's an interesting enough project, I might consider it. For a heating and air conditioning contractor, it's just not. It's not viable because the amount of time it would take to service that account, number one, he couldn't he couldn't price it high enough to make up for the time he would lose. I have a friend in Australia, and we talk at the beginning of her day or the end of mine, or the end of hers and the beginning of mine. That's okay. Um, the ones are that are probably a little harder are actually, you know, maybe, and it sounds strange, but, uh, you know, maybe Far Eastern Europe, because there's really no overlap to the day. You know, I mean, you make it work if, if the amount of money is right and the project is interesting enough. Um, I think, And that's an important consideration, I think, is to think about, is this project a good fit?
1: And I think exactly in this part of the funnel, in this bucket, that's where you figure it out. And you, and you make it work, or you, you leave it for the, for the next guy and move on to the next.
0: Well, something we talked about early on makes a lot of sense when you decide this project isn't right for you. I think you owe customers a rapid response. I think if you've been talking to a customer about something and you realize it's not a good fit, tell them sooner than later. Let them know that you're not going to be able to help them, and that will free them up to move on. I can't tell you how many customers tell me, you know, I called four different companies and none of them called me back. Or I had one conversation and then I never heard from them again. I mean, I figured out they didn't want to do business with me. But what kind of an impression does that leave on a customer? And maybe, maybe they're not the right customer for you today. They might be down the road, and now you've sealed the deal. They're not coming back.
1: It's going to be so much easier, you know, if they do come back later that they've had that great experience with you, that they probably won't even sit on the fence. They will just go ahead and go forward with you.
0: Absolutely. And if you've kind of not been responsive, they're not coming back. So, you've got the leads, they are ready to roll. Next time we come around to this conversation, we're going to talk about what do you do with them after you sell them. If you'd like to know more about this, be sure to check out this whole process. Be sure to check out our blog and search the term bucket for articles on every piece of the marketing process. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.